Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the CareerPod team, Mr. Gary Walrap. Today, Gary is talking with Ms. Kelly Worf about her career as an executive assistant. Kelly has a degree and has worked for over 20 years for multiple companies supporting the top leadership positions in the biopharma industry. She will explain the role and responsibilities of this profession. Kelly, welcome to CareerPod, and we thank you for your participation. Thank you. It's good to be here. Okay. Uh, Let's go back to your uh, educational preparation for this career. Tell me a little bit about uh, your experiences. Well, starting off, I didn't know this is what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to be in business, and I knew that I enjoyed being in a support role. And actually, as a little girl, I watched my mom be a secretary. So I knew I wanted to be in business like my dad, but also to do something like my mom. So when I graduated with a degree in business management, I didn't know what I should do. And there were lots of options, but I found that I liked being in a support role and helping other people. So this became perfect for me and my education at Bentley with a degree in business management made being an executive assistant a very logical career choice. My very first job out of college, I was in sales and um, found that It suited me, but didn't suit me in several ways. So I decided to, I was young and had the ability to do whatever I wanted. So I started as a temp position at a um, very mechanical company, I guess it was. It was a heating and ventilation company at the time. And there I learned that I enjoyed working with a team of people. And I started as an assistant to a service group of people out in the field. And they would all have to report in to me and You know, I would take their hours and make all their travel arrangements and several other things and supported many people in many departments. And I realized I enjoyed it. And so that was my first foray into being an administrative assistant. So that prepped me for my career to come. You know, at that point in time, who knows where you're going to go or where you're going to end up. But I ended up being an executive assistant by, my path was basically chosen for me because I just led from one job into another, getting up to an executive level that I'm at now as an executive assistant. You know, you took the the business course and you you, uh, know you wanted to do business and you liked sales and interfacing with people. And uh, that was, a, I guess, a really good way for you to start to get into this assistant role. what is, what is the role and responsibilities of an executive assistant? Well, as I'm sure you're aware, <laughs> there is no typical day for any executive assistant or administrative assistant or any assistant <laughs> in, that, in that fact. Every day is a little bit different. In the morning, you kind of start your day by preparing for what's to come. And sometimes you know what that is and sometimes you don't. A lot of times you'll start by checking your email and your voicemails and getting a sense of what needs to be done that day and looking at your to-do list. And other days you can come in and have something thrown at you that they need eight copies of this and this presentation needs to be edited and you need to call these directors and 
everything gets thrown at you at once. So it's, it's never a typical day per se, but I would say that the things that do become typical that are part of every day is checking in with your executive and making sure that they have everything they need and to ensure that there's nothing coming up that you need to be preparing for in the future. Would you and the boss typically start your workday at the same time, or is that different depending on the, on the company? It depends on a lot of different factors, um, and it depends how you communicate with your executive. Some executives are very busy, and they prefer not to meet face-to-face every day. Um, one boss I had, we did emails. At the end of every night, I would send him a list of questions, and I would get a list back in the morning of the answers, so I would know what my tasks were based on that. Uh, back in the day, it used to be the same sort of system, but with voicemails. Um, and you typically meet with them once a week to check in and figure out what's going on and what they need. Most of your career has been in biopharma. And are there any, any unique aspects to that uh, you know, industry that uh, make, made your role a little different in, in being a, an executive assistant? I would say yes in the organizations that I've been in because they have been um, what we call pre-approval, meaning the drug is not approved and the companies that I've worked at have typically been in the clinical trials or right on the cusp of getting drug application approval or trying to get it approved. And in those types com- type of companies, everything is always changing and shifting and priorities are always, always changing based on the information that's coming back to us from all different outside organizations. So for me, in my experience, I've done everything from get phones running in an office to handling board of directors meetings and interfacing with investors in the company. Um, the, uh, the industry typically um, utilizes venture capitalists, uh, I would think. Yes. And they, they get into a <clears throat> naming of different um, rounds of investment. Yes. Have you been through that? know, supporting that type of an activity. Yes. um, Pre-IPO or pre-initial public offering companies typically have venture-backed, are venture-backed by other companies. Their boards of directors typically have multiple people from each of those companies involved, and there are large boards, and you have lots of preparation and lots of activities in terms of getting everybody together for meetings. After your IPO, your board shrinks usually and you have people that are more industry related on that board. So the number of people that you're interacting with or the number of assistants you're interacting with typically changes when you go from being a pre-IPO company to a post-IPO company. The role of an executive uh, assistant could touch other functional areas, I would imagine, like IT or... uh, finance, or even human resources. Do you, have you had any experiences relative to that? I think I have probably worked for every department there is in a, in a small company. I've worked in the factory side of our plant sometimes. I have been the receptionist at the door. I've played operator and answered the phone lines. 
Um, you definitely never know what you're going to do, and yeah. you are doing everything for everyone, so you end up working in every department in one way or another. So yes, I've worked for clinical, I've worked for regulatory, I've worked for finance, I've worked for human resources. As an executive assistant in a small company, you actually become the office manager as well as the executive assistant. So sure. you're playing many roles and have many responsibilities. You know, we've been talking about executive assistants, but earlier, and, and earlier in your career, you were in uh, this role of um, not an executive, but administrative assistant. And there are differences there, I would imagine. What, what are the differences and how does that play out? Yes, there are differences. Um, I actually, at one of the companies I worked for where I ultimately became the executive assistant, I had started as a receptionist. And that's typically a foot in the door kind of position to get in and prove yourself at a company. Many support staff level or administrative people go in as temp assist temporary assistants or as receptionists and can prove themselves and work their way up from there. So that's what I had done. I went in as a receptionist and eventually became a support role as an administrative assistant. And that typically covers multiple people in multiple departments. As you rise through the ranks and become an executive assistant, you typically are focused on one executive or maybe a team of one to three executives and everybody else falls under them. Okay. But your main responsibility is to that executive and to make their life as easy as possible. Okay, so someone co uh, coming into this field with a degree, uh, wanting to get into a growth company or a growth industry, could very well uh, come into a, uh, a biopharma company at a lower level, an administrative assistant, and knowing that with their education and their ability to grow, they could go into other steps or other parts or even functions of the company. Is that something you could would you would recommend? I've always thought that an administrative role is very key. It's a key jumping off point too. Um, I myself have stayed in a support role because I've enjoyed the position. I have seen other assistants that I've worked with jump into sales, into marketing, into human resources into all different functions and being on the ground floor of a small company, especially in biotech, if it's a growing company and their results are doing, are coming in good, that you have that ability to grow with the company and learn and get your fingers into different things and see what you want to do. So it is a good point, but you don't ever want to jump in thinking you're going to go to a different department because you want to do your job well to begin with and that he's so he or she is supported to the fullest extent of your abilities. Oh, I see. Uh, Kelly, what is the most satisfying part of your job? The most satisfying part of my job is when my boss comes to me and starts asking a question. And I answer the question, I finish his question and answer it and tell him that everything's in his office ready to go. The feeling of anticipating their needs and having everything ready so that their lives are smoother is the best feeling for me, knowing that they come to you with a question and it's already done. You know, your reports are on your desk, the meeting's starting in 10 minutes, here's your coffee, 
you know, coffee isn't a normal role anymore. It's more of a historic role. Oh, is it, <laughs> yes. Has that changed? How has that changed? Just most a little sec- bit of reflection. Most, most executive assistants don't like to be called secretaries, A, and B, they don't like to get coffee. But I'm a little bit old-fashioned and that whatever's going to make my boss's life easier, I'm going to do. If I need to run out to the car because he forgot his phone and grabbed the phone, I'll do that. If she's running late for a meeting and she asked me to get a cup of coffee, I'll do that. I see the true role of an executive assistant to be the right hand of that executive and to anticipate their needs and to know what is going to help them and make them look good, make the company look good, and make their lives run as smoothly and professionally as possible. Sure. I know in my own professional experience, um, you know, the, um, the meeting that is, has a number of people at it, and it could be around midday. And, uh, you know, we, many times we had a caterer come in and, you know, set up a table. And uh, as I remember, sometimes the executive secretary would sort of interface with that caterer and... Uh, can sometimes be a little frustrated if the if the food doesn't arrive on time. <laughs> have you ever had any experiences like that? Oh yes, <laughs> I have. I've had food arrive not on time. I've had it arrive not in the proper format. Um, but that's one of the minor parts of the job, you know, having sure. to to order food and do those kind of things. But it is part of it. Anything that is needed for a meeting, you have to have there and ready to go. And today, with the technology required, it used to be, uh, you know, a blackboard. Then it went to a whiteboard. Now it's a... uh, a, uh, Now it's a Zoom room. (laughs) It's a Zoom room. uh, And they're putting things on the screen. Yes. And uh, you're using uh, some different technologies. uh, have you always relied on IT to do that, or do you have enough knowledge yourself to set uh, things up? I usually have enough knowledge if it's, uh, if it's stuff I've been experienced with. Uh, as technology keeps coming out, you have to continue to learn and be able to go with the flow. I mean, back when I started, we had the, the um, transparencies that you put on the projector. Oh, yes, <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> Yes. And now everything's PowerPoint and can be projected to multiple places. Yeah. And with video conferencing, it's amazing what they can do now compared to back in the day. Yes. Uh, that's great. So um, what advice would you give to someone considering a career in this field? I would tell them that it can be very rewarding. There's something that feels really good when you know you're helping a company, especially in biopharma or biotech, where you know you're helping advance medications or things that will ultimately help people. I would also advise to have thick skin because not everybody's really nice. Not every executive is always on their best behavior. Everyone gets stressed and everyone feels... As an assistant, you sometimes get things taken out on you, but it's never about you. It's about the stress of the job sometimes. So you just have to have thick skin and roll with it. Right. And and, and is there, when one enters the field at a lower level, let's say, is there a hierarchy of job titles and career, a career ladder 
in this field? There are, and it's different for every company. Um, okay. Typically, as I mentioned before, you can go in as a receptionist. You can become an administrative assistant. You become a senior administrative assistant. You can become a junior executive assistant. There are all different terms and titles. I recently saw something that is now chief of staff in terms of they're changing even the executive assistant role to something that is higher level given that the traditional secretarial role is starting to slip away a little bit more. People don't need to type and send letters anymore. Most executives are emailing and doing their own correspondence. Does that bode well for growth in this industry, you know, as you think about it? I think the executives are getting more savvy and they can do more on their own. But I think they're always going to need someone to do some of the things to support them, like make their travel arrangements and help them with their expenses and research things and help with their presentations and their reports and all of that. But as the field grows, I'm sure it's going to be more problem solving than anything as to what they need and what's thrown at them on a daily basis. That's great. Uh, in terms of compensation in the field, if you could just think about a ballpark, you know, what would the, the range of, of uh, salary be for sort of an entry level person, uh, maybe a, not quite an executive assistant, um, and you know, to the higher levels, to when you're working for a, a large corporation and ha, you know have a has a very um, high level executive that you'd be working for. Compensation can be done in many ways, but typically you're going to start somewhere around probably the forty, forty thousand, fifty thousand dollar range, and then can get up into the six figures as you grow with the corporation. And depending on the corporation or the organization, they can reward you in other ways with stock purchases or bonuses as well. So there's definitely room to make a good salary if you're good at what you do. Sure. At the higher level, uh, you could be earning uh, into, into the low six figures, you think? Yes. The role of luck, you know, in your career. Uh, if there was any luck, and I, when I'm talking about luck, I mean good luck, bad luck. Uh, has that played any role in your career? And if you have a specific story, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there have been many moments where luck has helped me, I think. But, you yeah. know, I believe the Lord takes us where we need to go and okay. that he's watching over us. And some of the mistakes I've made didn't get transmitted on a fax or, you know, that person didn't arrive when they should have right. type thing. There are many things that through the years I can look back on and say, yeah, <laughs> that, that happened for a reason. Sure. I guess along the way, based on your, uh, your career growth, you've had some uh, opportunities where, uh, let's say, you know, that opportunity was luckily came about. And you were in the right position, and uh, I would think maybe you took advantage of it. I actually lucked out when my one of my roles ended, and I was about to start a new position, but my old boss came to me and asked me to work with him again. Okay. And it worked out very well because I was then on the ground floor of a new company, and we didn't even have an office yet. 
and I was able to care for a sick relative at the same time. So yes, there are some situations that you fall into that are good for everyone and everyone involved. So there is some luck in that. Kelly, um, you've been really terrific and, uh, and I uh, want to thank you for your participation in, in CareerPod. And I wish you continued success in your career. Thank you.